You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Tim McMaster talking Boston Red Sox baseball with MLB.com Red Sox reporter Ian Brown. And Ian, the team looked like they were kind of on their way to third place until they got to Baltimore this week, a tough series with the Orioles. But let's start on really the big news of the week, the bright news of the week. David Ortiz hits home runs number 499 and 500 in the same game. Obviously, a huge moment for him, a huge moment for this team. Yeah, you know, it's great to see David get that milestone. Uh, He's had such a great career with the Red Sox. And, you know, other than really Ted Williams, it's hard to think of any any hitter who's had more of an impact on the Red Sox than David Ortiz. And he's the only guy in team history to hit, uh, to win three championships and three World Series. So, uh, you know, I, I know it meant a lot to him. And the amazing thing about it was just how quickly he got there. I mean, he went into the season um, needing, uh, I think it was 30. 34 home runs he needed to hit this year. And you're, you know, you're saying, okay, it could be iffy whether he does that. And he gets off to a real slow start to the season and just uh, to hit the, you know, 26, 27 home runs since the beginning of June, like he has. It's been, uh, you know, it's been amazing to watch that display of power. I think maybe the one disappointing thing was that he did it in St. Petersburg. Uh, you were there, obviously. What was the atmosphere like? Obviously, his team comes onto the field, they make a dig- big deal about it. But um, not a packed house, I'm guessing, in St. Petersburg. Yeah, they actually, you know, for whatever reason, they had a pretty good crowd there that night. But uh, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, you would have liked to have seen it done um, in Boston. <laughs> That's kind of way where he's had so many big home runs in his career. But you could see the genuine, um, you know, affection his teammates felt uh, toward him at that moment. They were all really happy to see him do it. He saw guys kind of jump over the. I got railing to come congratulate him on the field, so it was a good moment. I know it meant a lot to uh, to David Ortiz, even though it did it did happen on the road. And I'm sure they have something cooked up for him at Fenway when the team uh, when the team returns home next week. A tough, a uh, couple of tough games in Baltimore to to open up a series against the Orioles, but. Not all bad news during those games. When you look at Monday night, obviously the team loses two to nothing. But another impressive performance from Eduardo Rodriguez, and really his last five starts, it seems like he's really become more consistent. He's three and one, a one seven two ERA in those five starts. He's been great at moments all year. But does it seem like the consistency has really come together over the last month or so? Yeah, Eduardo is simply getting better command of his pitches now, and. You know, I think before when he would get into a jam, he would just have a tendency to just try to overthrow with his fastball, and now he's just he's just pitching, and uh, he's not getting overwhelmed by the moment. And yeah, for him to put you know, five really good starts in a row together, he's only got a couple more left now. They're going to be careful with his with his innings limit, but this is a huge thing for the Red Sox for next year to have Eduardo Rodriguez feeling so good about himself, and you know, it really looks like he could be an upper echelon starter in the American League, you know, by next year, I don't think that's a stretch. I think he could be a two or three starter uh, by next year. You know, you don't want to put too many expectations on a young guy, but he's, you know, he's given the Red Sox a lot of hope, uh, you know, in the coming years with the way he's pitched this year. Last time we talked, we talked about the possibility of Rich Hill getting a start for this team, and he did that, and he goes out, fires seven scoreless innings, 10 strikeouts. It was his first big league start since way back in 2009. What was working for Rich Hill in that start? Yeah, really, just the, the life on his fastball, and uh, he also had a good curveball and a good changeup, and just the 
really the mix of pitches. And just for a guy who hadn't started in the major leagues in six years to come out and throw, and I don't think anybody was expecting Rich Hill to come out and throw that kind of game. So, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does um, this weekend when he pitches again in, in Toronto to see if he can kind of build on that and see, you know, he might be an option for teams, you know, whether it's the Red Sox or somebody else, he could be uh, option as a depth starter next season, which is a great story considering that this guy was, you know, designated for assignment, released by the Washington Nationals in late June, and here he is, you know, <laughs> pitching like that. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to watching his next time out to see if he can build off it. Now, Joe Kelly had been pitching so well for this Red Sox team. He had the long win streak going, but Tuesday night he allows four runs. He doesn't get out of the third inning in Baltimore. He actually leaves the game with, with shoulder fatigue, uh, did this come up quickly, or has he been kind of feeling that fatigue over the last few starts? Uh, not the last few starts. Obviously, Kelly has been pitching so well, but I think maybe, uh, in, you know, since this last start in between, I don't think he felt great last week. And uh, you know, he hoped that by the time he took the mound last night, the adrenaline would take over and he would get loose. He simply couldn't get loose. And uh, Kelly never really looked comfortable in that game, so I think the Red Sox did a smart thing. Getting him out of there, you know, before he injured himself seriously. So they're going to reevaluate him and, and have a course of action. I'm not sure if Kelly will pitch again this year or not, but uh, you know, certainly he's had a great finish to the season and another potential building block for next year. So I think you have to be cautious with Joe right now to make sure he doesn't uh, do anything, uh, cause any significant damage to his shoulder. Yeah, because he's one of those guys that, despite how disappointing a season overall this has been for the Red Sox, when you look at the month of August, the month of September, there's so many kind of bright things you can kind of look forward to for next year, and he's certainly one of those. You don't want to do any damage to, to the chance of a guy who looks like he's going to be a solid part of that rotation next year. No, and, you know, like you said, for Kelly to be demoted to AAA in June and to come on and win uh, eight starts in a row, <laughs> pretty pretty great story. Um, and he has had runs like this before in his career with St. Louis, so you hope that uh, this is the Joe Kelly you're going to have going forward, kind of a guy who gives you a real competitive outing every start rather than the guy who just sort of uh, couldn't keep the team in the game earlier in the season. So, yeah, you just keep him healthy, and he's still a young guy. He's 26 years old and hopefully uh, a key part of that team for next year. So Joe Kelly may be shut down for the season. It's official that Janichi Tazawa will be shut down for the rest of the season, and this is a guy who's been such a workhorse for this team. 71 appearances the last two years. He was over 60 this year. Um, how much of his, I guess, recent struggles can you kind of chalk up to, to just so many innings over the last few years? And how much of it do you think is because he was kind of thrown into that closers role late in the season after Koji Uihara went out? Yeah, I don't think it had a ton to do with the, the closers role. I just think that there was a drop-off in his stuff uh, the last few weeks. And, you know, these Japanese guys, they're real proud. They don't want to make any excuses. They don't want to admit that, uh, you know, the workload had anything to do with it. But I have to think that just the, cumul the cumulative effect of all those games he's pitched Plus, he went deep into October also in, in 2013. You have to think it's had some impact. And you saw that with Koji last year, where he got tired late in the year. And Koji came back strong this year before um, before he broke his hand there and kind of a, a freak injury. So you hope it's the same thing with Janichi, where he you know he uses this rest to his benefit, uh, has a little bit of a head start in his offseason, and comes back like the strong setup guy he's been uh, you know for the Red Sox really the last three years. Yeah, it's certainly it's it's interesting to see all these moves the Red Sox are making with a clear eye on next season. 
Uh, Travis Shaw, Ian, hits his 11th home run of the season. 11 home runs in 47 games. When you stack up his numbers versus some of the guys that have been there the whole season power-wise, it's pretty amazing. Uh, he just keeps doing it. You keep thinking he's going to plateau or or stop hitting for power, but it seems like he's been able to make adjustments as he's gone since coming up to the Red Sox. Yeah, absolutely. The two things that really impress me about Shaw um, the first is the power that he showed to straightaway right field at Fenway Park. I mean, that's not an easy park for lefties uh, to hit home runs. So he obviously has a lot of raw power if he's hitting the home runs that he has in Fenway. And the other thing is, you know, what he's done against lefties. I mean, six of his 11 homers have been against left-handed pitching. So that's another impressive thing. And, you know, they have a, you know, I think Travis Shaw is going to be a part of this Red Sox team next year. It's just a matter of, you know, what role will he be in? Maybe it's just, you know, he could be a guy that could help you off the bench at both first and third base, as well as a lefty pitch hitter. Um, it seems like they have Hanley Ramirez you know, locked in at first base next year, but we'll see how all that goes. We haven't seen him play there yet. So uh, Travis Shaw certainly kind of putting himself into the team's plans uh, for 2016. Yeah, talk about making the most of an opportunity. He has certainly done that. Well, every year around this time, Ian, uh, Major League Baseball announces its nominees for the Roberto Clemente Award, and the Red Sox nominee for 2015 is Brock Holt. And Brock Holt's obviously a guy who kind of came out of nowhere to become a fan favorite in Boston. And I wasn't as familiar with what he's done off the field, but can you touch on a little bit of what Brock Holt has done with the Jimmy Fund and the Jimmy Fund such a big part of what the Red Sox do as far as charity goes? Yeah, Brock Holt was asked to be a co-captain of the Jimmy Fund. You know, they pick a, uh, co-captains every year along with Pablo Sandoval, and Brock really just uh, embraced that. And he started to get into the Jimmy Fund last year, just going over there, uh, talking to these patients, you know, when he has a couple hours, and just really brightening their days. And Brock is one of those guys who will just do anything the team asks, whether it's, you know, on the field. Obviously, you've seen him play, um, you know, every position except pitcher and catcher. And off the field, the same thing. He'll do, you know, whatever is asked, and even, even more sometimes. I thought it was a real fitting honor. That uh, you know that Brock Holt is our Clemente Award uh, nominee this year, and just a guy who really has entrenched himself into this Boston community since he became a, a semi-regular player for the Red Sox last season. And the Red Sox have a great history recently with the Clemente Award. Tim Wakefield and David Ortiz won the award in back-to-back years, back in 2010 and 2011. You've been listening to Red Sox Extras on MLB.com. Ian, we'll talk to you again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free at-bat 50 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.